0: welcome back to thinking about it Uh, dave and i are here chatting about the easter season coming up don't know Mm -hmm. quite when this will be aired but at the moment we've been thinking about easter the big plan of god what was he up to what was he thinking uh, when he sent his son to die such a death and it got us uh at least here at Grandview, as we're looking at the service, it got us thinking more deeply about the events of Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter, trying to get heaven's perspective on it. Jacob got me into this. He does that often. And so the whole trajectory of my preaching lately has been focusing on, you know, what is God up to? And the key verse, Dave, that we're that kind of launches this is Ephesians chapter 1, where uh, Paul says that we are basically saved to the, or for the purpose of the praise of his glorious grace. And so we want to talk about the implications of that. Are we saved primarily having to do with something about God's grace, to the praise of his grace, And if that's the case, how are we to think um, about our experience of salvation? Is salvation about us? Is it about God or both or mostly about God? And and so how do we think about that? You're with me on this?
1: Yeah, I think I am with you on this. There's a couple of things that come to mind as we think about that. And uh, let's start with the Westminster Confession, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, right? And even the whole notion of what it is to come back into a relationship with—well, yeah—to come back into even in the original or, or um, relationship that God had with with Adam and Eve was to bring glory to Him to Himself. And to, what did
0: that? How did that look like? How did how was God glorified in His image? In Adam and Eve.
1: Yeah, well, we don't know because we're right. not sure that we were ever told that. But somehow in the walk and talk with God in the in the garden, uh, in the evening that, that we hear about, uh, read about in Genesis, there was something about them basking in his glory. Yeah. And, and, and Adam would have been
0: faithful. God said, here's what I want you to do. And Adam was obedient. Mm-hmm. And in as much as he was an obedient steward, I think that brings some glory to God. God takes pleasure in that. Sure, Mm -hmm. but that's not where we're coming from. Uh, We're we're the second Adam. We're in Christ, and there's something different about our relationship to God that arguably is better. Uh, We're in a better position
1: to glorify God on this side of the cross. We're We're we are recipients of grace in a way that at least the pre-fall Adam mm-hmm. didn't know. Um, post-fall Adam knew that grace. But yeah, we are recipients of that grace, and it's, it's something to be celebrated. Amazing grace, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, could, could Adam have sung Amazing Grace pre-fall? Well, he certainly couldn't sing it of forgiveness of sins Mm -hmm. and restoration of relationship. He Mm -hmm. could have said, he could have sung "Amazing Grace" in light of the awesomeness of his creation, personal creation himself, and and the the daily interaction with an indescribably glorious God. So that's that in itself would be amazing grace, I would think. Do
0: you you really think that? Has God always been gracious? I think y- yes. Yeah, I would think he's, so. Yes, he's always had it in Him. Um, but when was that ever shown? Right when, like, when does God get to show His grace?
1: Are, are you you thinking Adam well, had some of that? Or oh yeah, well, I think that you know it's interesting to think about why God created us in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And was God lonely? Uh, was he getting tired of the other two members of the Trinity? Um, did he Was he unfulfilled? And the answer to those questions is no. He was completely fulfilled in and of himself, and the triune God was totally and completely complete in and of themselves. So why did he create us? And it was to allow us, in grace to bask in the glory that he is, not just had, but he is. Was it
0: for us, or or do you think God has pleasure in this second creation? His pleasure was diminished in the fall, right? But in the second Adam, in the new creation, is God um,
1: pleased in a way that he wouldn't have been? I... Sounds like John Piper would say yes to that, right, and the stuff that he's written, and I think it's very good, so yeah, he does take pleasure, he takes pleasure in his creation, he takes pleasure in the in the ability to manifest his grace in any way, shape, or form, he takes great pleasure, and that brings joy to him mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but again, we've got to be really careful this is this is not in some way to communicate that God was incomplete um but and that's why I would say right from the get go from the moment that God even thought about creating creating the world, creating creation, creating mm-hmm. humankind. It was an act of grace. But he
0: did it because that's who he is, right? God uh, wanted to create something to look at, to sit back and say, this is good. I like the work of my hands. I'm a creator.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he, in a sense, he's going to create because that's who he is. Sure. That's he a good needs, way of looking at it. He needs to be God. He needs mm-hmm. to do what God does. And so he needed to create. Yeah. I, I like that idea. I'm, I'm very comfortable
1: with that, for sure
0: and uh he was not satisfied in the loss and so he said i'm going to get that back i, mm-hmm. I created men and women for a purpose and i'm not going to lose and mm-hmm. so he he recreates us so this passage saying that that uh, all of pre- our predestination our adoption according to, uh in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace mm-hmm. there's some implications for that in a in a culture where we tend to think that that god is helping us god exists to make our lives better somehow and that salvation is
1: about us mm-hmm. it is but there's a lot more than that absolutely and and so often we do think in terms of you know it's a fire escape policy from hell or Something that brings great benefit to us, which it does. I mean, there's no question mm-hmm. about it. But it has everything to do is I like to I like to talk about a doxological worldview, mm-hmm. and salvation is purely doxological, doxological to the glory of God, in that He has been merciful and gracious to us, and reaching down through Christ to redeem us in our brokenness and sinfulness. Um, mentioned John Piper, but. Um, he has that famous quote: um, "Missions, missions exists because worship doesn't." Yeah, and I, I I think that captures so much of why we do missions, why we do evangelism, why we ourselves are are committed to becoming children right. of God through conversion, in order for us to move back into a place where the worship and glory of God is The heartbeat and cent- cent- central idea of our lives
0: I mean something was broken like we were the world was created for the glory of God it wasn 't working, and so God is restoring that he 's mm-hmm. fixing the problem so mm-hmm. that we do what we were created to do. Mm-hmm. missions is part of that. do you think that um, we we understand that today in, in as, as looking at how Christians today walk through life and experience calamity or hardship or sickness. Mm. Um, and we get a little angry at God, mm. which I'm not, it's, it's part of our fallen condition, just natural. Good people do that. But if we really understood that in everything that happens to us, our main concern is not healing per se, or a better job or a better circumstance in our life, but our main concern is how can God be glorified in, in my mess or in my sickness or my fallenness? Is that sounds like that's hard. That's a hard thing to say,
1: hard thing to believe. It is. And I think ultimately we would, I would agree with that. But I think the scriptures betray the fact that while that is hard and while that is ultimate, the process of journeying through those kinds of things, um, God has given us voice to express that kind of pain, even anger and frustration Um, in the Lament Psalms. And Mm -hmm. you've heard me talk about them many times. And the the thing you have to keep remembering about Lament Psalms, except for Psalm 88, but they always end with a vow to praise. So they may take a little time to Mm -hmm. get there. Why have you forgotten me? How long will you forget me? That kind of stuff. But ultimately, I will praise you. So I, I th- I, we have to be a little bit careful. I don't, I, I, th- while the ultimate th- is there, we got to be really careful of trotting that out in the midst of someone's deep pain uh, and clobbering over the head with it without yeah. giving them the voice that God has given us. Yeah. And that's important to mm-hmm. recognize. God has given us that voice. That is part of grace. Um, and to somehow circumvent that, go around it, short circuit it, I think is a mistake. Um, and so let's use the voices that God has given us. But we all realize the ultimate realization of, of how all this is to point to his glory and even in the process to bring glory to him. But I think, and I think the Psalms help us with this, that even in lament, that is in fact a form of worship and bringing glory to God. Because wow. it's, a, it's a reference back to God, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Even when you're... Expressing anger at God, you're venting to God, God it, has given us those words.
1: Absolutely. And even, you know, Psalm 88 with his darkness, opening words are, oh my God. And it's, it's a reference back to a theocentric worldview. He's not calling on anything else. So he's got this theocentric worldview. He recognizes that God is at the heart of everything mm-hmm. that he understands and knows and that's where he focuses and points his rather harsh words. And I think that that is is God-glorifying.
0: So maybe the time to teach this is when people aren't in the the midst of some crisis, when they're kind of functioning well and now say this is... This is how God wants us to view those times, those seasons. Mm-hmm. When you're in a calamity, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. It's going to be painful, but know now mm-hmm. that uh, God gives thorns in the flesh or, or whatever it may be for his praise and glory, and that might sustain you when you're going through something difficult. Right.
1: No, I, I agree.
0: But we do have uh, a culture that... Um, it doesn't really understand that, that, you know, the Westminster Confession, that my whole existence is wrapped up in the praise of God, which can be exhilarating when you realize that even my failures, even my calamities, even my weakness can give me some of the most significance as I, I worship God, I praise God in those seasons of weakness. And it just kind of changes the way that we can look at our... Um, our feelings. Yeah, because
1: I just did a funeral, uh, what, a week and a half ago, and uh, of a wonderful sister in Christ um, and her husband, a wonderful brother in Christ. And um, you know that the the balance that he was so passionate about was, first of all, grief and deeply grieving. I mean, uh, just a wonderful woman, deeply deeply in love as a couple, and tragically taken um and and to listen to him say to myself and others who were participating in the service yes we want to grieve and in fact yeah yes we want to grieve and even in his own he gave a eulogy his own words about his wife but at the same time constantly pushing us to point upward mm-hmm. to the glory of God and and the hope found in in Christ so yeah it was yeah. it was a very interesting dynamic to ensure that we were ministering gr- to a grieving community community not mm-hmm. all of whom were believers mm-hmm. and that was an interesting interesting dynamic but at the same time always infiltrating yeah. and with the whole notion that there is the glory of God that is that is in view here and is what she would want. Us to talk about
0: so we sorrow, as Paul said, but, but not, not as exotic. those without hope. Right. Mm-hmm. and sometimes at a funeral, that's the best time to see that, and people marvel that they they wonder at what kind of sorrow is this that is infused. It's real, but it's Absolutely. infused with that hope, and it's a great opportunity for the gospel. Well, we're entering into the Easter season, and uh, it's Good Friday is a time when all seemed loss, but even that worked in a marvelous way to bring about praise and glory to God. And we're part of that story. So that's going to be our theme, or has been our theme, depending on when you've heard this. So Dave, we're out of time. We need to say goodbye to our friends. So until then, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Dave Barker. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to it with us.